Section 3 of Expository Thoughts on the Gospel of St. Matthew by R. C. Ryle Chapter 2, verses 1 to 12 The Wise Men from the East This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12 Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where the Christ should be born. And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, and said, Go, and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and, lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. It is not known who these wise men were. Their names and dwelling place are alike kept back from us. We are only told that they came from the east. Whether they were Chaldeans or Arabians, we cannot say. Whether they learned to expect Christ from the ten tribes who went into captivity, or from the prophecies of Daniel, we do not know. It matters little who they were. The point which concerns us most is the rich instruction which their history conveys. These verses show us that there may be true servants of God in places where we should not expect to find them. The Lord Jesus has many hidden ones like these wise men. Their history on earth may be as little known as that of Melchizedek, and Jethro, and Job. But their names are in the book of life, and they will be found with Christ in the day of his appearing. It is well to remember this. We must not look round the earth and say hastily, All is barren. The grace of God is not tied to places and families. The Holy Ghost can lead souls to Christ without the help of many outward means. Men may be born in dark places of the earth, like these wise men, and yet, like them, be made wise unto salvation. There are some travelling to heaven at this moment, of whom the church and the world know nothing. They flourish in secret places, like the lily among the thorns, and waste their sweetness on the desert air. But Christ loves them, and they love Christ. These verses teach us that it is not always those who have most religious privileges who give Christ most honor. 
We might have thought that the scribes and Pharisees would have been the first to hasten to Bethlehem on the slightest rumor that the Savior was born. But it was not so. A few unknown strangers from a distant land were the first, except the shepherds mentioned by St. Luke, to rejoice at his birth. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. What a mournful picture this is of human nature! How often the same kind of thing may be seen among ourselves! How often the very persons who live nearest to the means of grace are those who neglect them most! There is only too much truth in the old proverb, The nearer the church, the further from God. Familiarity with sacred things has an awful tendency to make men despise them. There are many, who from residence and convenience ought to be first and foremost in the worship of God, and yet are always last. There are many, who might as well be expected to be last, who are always first. These verses teach us that there may be knowledge of Scripture in the head, while there is no grace in the heart. Mark how King Herod sends to inquire of the priests and elders where Christ should be born. Mark what a ready answer they return him, and what an acquaintance with the letter of Scripture they show. But they never went to Bethlehem to seek for the coming Saviour. They would not believe in him when he ministered among them. Their heads were better than their hearts. Let us all beware of resting satisfied with head knowledge. It is an excellent thing when rightly used. But a man may have much of it, and yet perish everlastingly. What is the state of our hearts? This is the great question. A little grace is better than many gifts. Gifts alone save no one, but grace leads on to glory. The conduct of the wise men described in this chapter is a splendid example of spiritual diligence. What trouble it must have cost them to travel from their homes to the house where Jesus was born! How many weary miles they must have journeyed! The fatigues of an eastern traveller are far greater than we in England can at all understand. The time that such a journey would occupy must necessarily have been very great. The dangers to be encountered were neither few nor small. But none of these things moved them. They had set their hearts on seeing him that was born king of the Jews, and they never rested till they saw him. They proved to us the truth of the old saying, Where there is a will, there is a way. It would be well for all professing Christians if they were more ready to follow the wise men's example. Where is our self-denial? What pains do we take about our souls? What diligence do we show about following Christ? What does our religion cost us? These are serious questions. They deserve serious consideration. Last, but not least, the conduct of the wise men is a striking example of faith. They believed in Christ when they had never seen him, but that was not all. They believed in him when the scribes and Pharisees were unbelieving, but that again is not all. They believed in him when they saw him a little infant on Mary's knee, and worshipped him as a king. This was the crowning point of their faith. They saw no miracles to convince them. They heard no teaching to persuade them. They beheld no signs of divinity and greatness to overawe them. They saw nothing but a newborn infant, helpless and weak, and needing a mother's care like any one of ourselves. And yet, when they saw that infant... They believed that they saw the divine Saviour of the world. They fell down and worshipped him. 
we read of no greater faith than this in the whole volume of the Bible. It is a faith that deserves to be placed side by side with that of the penitent thief. The thief saw one dying the death of a malefactor, and yet prayed to him, and called him Lord. The wise men saw a newborn babe on the lap of a poor woman, and yet worshipped him, and confessed that he was Christ. Blessed indeed are those that can believe in this fashion. This is the kind of faith, let us remember, that God delights to honor. We see the proof of that at this very day. Wherever the Bible is read, the conduct of these wise men is known and told as a memorial of them. Let us walk in the steps of their faith. Let us not be ashamed to believe in Jesus and confess him, though all around us remain careless and unbelieving. Have we not a thousandfold more evidence than the wise men had to make us believe that Jesus is the Christ? Beyond doubt we have, yet where is our faith? End of section 3